Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth, and this is Season 3, Episode 5, Stay True with Emery Barnes. Coming out of this, I want us to feel more united. I would love to live in a world where we're celebrating our differences and learning from it. I think, like I said, it's just bigger than the following. It's if I can change someone's mindset about what's going on and get, even if that's one person, then I think I'm doing something important. Today, we're going to hear from Emery Barnes, a photographer who's been taking pictures of the civil rights protests in Portland, Oregon. He's a first-generation American whose global roots drive him to create relationships and collaborations with talented creatives from all walks of life. Here's Emery. My name is Emery Barnes. I'm 25, originally from Chicago. I am now living in Portland, Oregon, working as a brand executive at Wyden Kennedy. And on the side, I am a photographer. Yeah, um, I'm a Black African-American male. Um, Both of my parents are born in West Africa, specifically Liberia. I think that's been a very, very important trait that I've early on as as I was born that they've really instilled in me. Just having that heritage to your roots. I think what's nice about me is that just having family ties and knowing where I come from and having such a large family, both within the U.S. and outside of it, um, just to be first gen, it's, it's been an amazing experience for me. I guess an interesting fact is that my mom, as of now, she lives in Liberia. She has been doing that for about nine years. I live in Portland. My sister's in the city of Chicago on the south side, and my dad lives in the suburbs of Chicago. But what's been amazing about that is that I get to go often to Liberia. She'll come. So it's like nice to just have that tie directly to that. So yeah, a proud African-American male living now on the West Coast. My dad was a photographer. I always just kind of followed him where he was going. He showed me pictures of him living in New York, I want to say in the 1970s and 1980s. And I was always just drawn to it. But no, I remember the camera shot with a Nikon. It was so heavy. And I just remember as a kid, I was just trying different things. Like I would stage his camera next to his bed and do the self timer where I'd like jump up in the air and then have him like take a picture of myself. It was really cool to kind of just play around with um, different angles and um, just really dive into that creative aspect. Never had a camera. I would always kind of just play around with his and then ended up buying a Sony a6000, which is the current camera that I use today. And I just moved downtown to Chicago. And what better way to explore the city than to start shooting? So every Saturday or Sunday, I would simply just hop on the CTA, get off at a random stop and just shoot all day in a random neighborhood. And I think it was by the end of the summer. So that was around April, May. So around September, I just started posting my work on my Instagram and a lot of my friends would kind of just be like, oh, like, what are you doing with this? Like, are you keeping all of this? Are you saving it? So I think by the end of it, I had roughly 1200 pictures. And within that, I probably had like 102 that I really liked and wanted to like edit it and really wanted to post um, a little more publicly. So I developed a website. And then from there, honestly, whenever I travel, whether that be through work or Kind of just exploring a new city, I'm always bringing my camera. I think that's the best way to just explore and get to know a new place is just capturing it. So yeah, I've been doing it for about two years, I want to say. I think the biggest thing is just to get out and do it. I have a lot of friends that have just gotten into photography and like they may not have that amazing picture the first time they go out, but it's just like 
just take pictures of things that you like that you're drawn to. And I think the more and more you do something, the more that you'll get better at it. And like I said, I think with anything, it's just spending more time. There is this book. Um, I want to pull it up. Um, I believe it's a Malcolm Gladwell book, but he talks about investing in 10,000 hours into your craft. I believe the book is Outliers. And I think that's something that I've always practiced within my art. It's just, you're not going to get it the first time. You're not going to get it the second time. You're not going to get it the hundredth time. Just keep doing it and doing it. But I guess in regards to practice, I can talk a little bit about how I get my inspiration. I think the biggest thing is just doing different things, getting out your own routine and getting out your comfort zone. I get a lot of my inspiration from other photographers, from Instagram, from website, from simply just going on a walk, listening to a podcast, music. And I think the more I'm just changing my routine and putting myself in these different environments, I'm just getting new inspiration. And I think what that's what I try to do with the protest is that what's been really cool to be a part of is that every protest is different. It has a different route and it has a different emotion. Some may be a little tense, some may be a little bit more peaceful. And I think as a photographer, my job, and I've told several people um, with the photos is that for the people that weren't able to attend, I want to be able to capture the emotion and have them live it as if they were there. And if you were there, I want them to be able to relive that same emotion that they had. And like I said, I think the biggest thing is just getting out there and immersing yourself in it full time. I have two styles I'd consider is I'm really drawn to bright colors, as you can say, like pop art. I love street photography. I love murals. But what I also am drawn to is black and white photography, specifically architecture. My mom is an architect. So again, I think with that family history, I've always just been drawn to buildings, whether they be old, new um, high rises, living in large cities. I think I've always been drawn to these big buildings. So I think what's been really cool about Portland is that you have a little combination of both. It's like I live in the Northwest um, in Chinatown, but getting to walk around and seeing like some really dope murals and different places within my neighborhood that I can take pictures of, but then walking about 10 minutes downtown and like really getting that architecture. That's been a really cool thing. And then as of recent, I have started going to the protests. I have a kind of interesting story about how I got there, but as the people may be seeing on Instagram is that I've been taking pictures and I've been marching with the Rose City Justice organization. So shout out to them. And it's just been an amazing experience to be able to capture the people, the emotion, black, white, from all different walks of life, and really just be able to document that on social as well. I grew up in a predominantly white suburb, went to a predominantly white high school, college, and the agency I worked at was kind of my first, I'd say, taste of what it's like to be in like non-white bubbles. I was fortunate for the team an agency that I'd worked at at the time, you just had so much diversity. And I, I don't even want to just say diversity by race, but just diversity of thought. I mean, you had representatives of the LGBTQ community. You had people from different religious backgrounds, races, ethnicities, but at the same time is that everyone was coming from different places. So I think that was the moment I was 22 that really opened my eyes a little bit more to this world that I previously wasn't living in. And then when I moved to Portland at 23, it just made me realize more of who I am as a black male, specifically a black African-American male um, as a first gen. Yeah, it just really made me look at, like, look at myself in the mirror. And when you're surrounded by people that don't look like you, I think it makes you think of like, what are the values? Like, how can I stay true to myself? 
what I will say as a black male, and not a lot of people I think can attest to this, I've had a very amazing experience in Portland. I've met an amazing community of people here. So many people from so many different walks of life. I will say compared to Chicago, that does lack that culture as a big city would. But at the same time, I think there is something unique to that because with this small community here, I feel like it's a family in a way. I feel like you're constantly meeting people and connecting with people and you're fostering these great relationships versus a larger city. I feel like sometimes you can just get in bubble. So overall, it's been a really good experience for me so far. Yeah. And I think even just to keep building on that as the creative community out here, obviously you have a lot of organizations, agencies, um, small shops that are here. I think what's really been nice for me in Portland is that I've been able to, to tap into that creative soul and really explore my photography a little bit more. And I feel like I'm now in this circle with people that are really pushing me creatively versus a larger city that I didn't really have that. So I think that's another thing that I'm super fortunate for being out here. I, I believe it was June 2nd. Somebody had invited me to go to one of the protests and this was happening, I want to say in Pioneer Square. And at that time, I had never protested before. I was kind of skeptical against it, just I think being a black male and especially in the midst of COVID. I, lot of, I had a lot of hes- hesitation about going out there, but I kind of just felt it was my due diligence to go there and at least learn more about it and be involved. So I went there and I'm not going to lie, I think within the first 30, 40 minutes, I felt really overwhelmed. I didn't really get to enjoy the message and I ended up walking back. But there's a photographer that I want to shout out. His name is Andrew Walner. If you're familiar, he shot the notable bridge picture. I remember seeing it that day and I remember seeing a few other photos of people that we're at this protest. And I think what I liked about that photo is that he was able to show a new perspective on the protest that I had never seen before. And I didn't even see in person. I think what was pretty interesting is that the media really amplified this and focused on the looting and the tear gas. And I obviously know a lot of that's happening, but they just focused on the negative. And I think when I saw that picture, I really just was able to see the motion in people's faces and seeing that culmination of people walking together. So I went back out that next day, felt a lot more confident. Um, I went with the Rose City team and they did a protest on the waterfront. And like I said, just as a photographer that was just kind of shooting every now and then, I brought my camera out that day and there was one particular shot. It was in the midst of this crowd and there was a fist that went up. It just hit me. Like I immediately had to get that shot. And I just felt drawn to it because out of this sea of people, you see a hand go up and it really goes to show this movement is bigger than me. And it's, I mean, there's 50 different states doing this and it's, it's even hit that global reach. So that night I posted it to my profile. I think I was at like 1200 followers. So nothing super crazy, but yeah, um, it kind of just blew up from there. And from that point on, I knew that I had a unique gift, I want to say. And from that gift, it was just like continue to amplify this message and put my work out there, something I'm super passionate about, but at the same time, being able to show a new perspective that the media wasn't highlighting. What I will say is that as long as you're doing it for the right reasons, and when I say right reasons, you're not doing it to make a quick buck or to expose someone. I think for my photography in particular, I always make sure to black out the individual's eyes um, just because... Um, I know protesting is something that's different for a lot of people and I don't want to be the one that um, exposes them or um, post something um, without their consent. But um, if you're doing it for the right reasons, I think it is a beautiful way to amplify this message and reach people that one, either weren't too focused in on what's going on, but two, it's such a beautiful 
way to document this. I mean, if I, I would love 50, 60 years ago, these photos can still be cherished. Um, what's history if you can't actually look back on something? Um, and I, I think another aspect of that is that um, the community I've been able to build and meet and like, there's so many people that have reached out to me and said, your photos, um, they've made me cry. They made me reevaluate and have these tough conversations with my family. Like um, people that aren't even in the US have reached out to me for these photos. And I think, like I said, it's just bigger than the following. It's if I can change someone's mindset about what's going on and get them to actually get out and protest or do something, whether that be donate or have that tough conversation, then um, even if that's one person, then I think I'm doing something important. I just want to do my job as a photographer to keep um, going to these protests, amplifying the message, um, and trying to make this bigger than it actually is. Um, I think we're in a really interesting time in the world right now, just especially within Portland. Um, we're in phase one, so you have seen a lot of drop-off um, at these protests. I think one being um, people want to go out and do things um, and kind of like get that sense of normalcy, but at the same time, you have people that are just burnt out. I mean, I have personal friends and um, people that I know really well that have been out there every single day. And I know it's a lot, especially if you haven't done this before. So. I think long-term, um, I'm working with a few other photographers out here to figure out ways of one, okay, if we don't continue protesting for the next six months, um, how can we continue to amplify this message? How can we keep people engaged? How can we get new people that didn't necessarily protest now, but are more interested in the issue two, three months from now? So I think I have a great network of people out here that all have that same mindset and eagerness to do something. So I don't want to go into too much detail now, but we're working on a few initiatives. Hopefully that will launch a little bit later in the summer that takes the photography a step further and brings it into, I'd say like the real world versus just digital. I think long-term for me is that coming out of this, I want us to feel more united. Putting aside differences, I think what's been really interesting is just to see, especially in Portland, everyone's coming at this from a different place in their life. One of the most beautiful moments was that I was protesting one day and I was walking down the street and I forgot what neighborhood it was, but predominantly white, there were younger white couples, older white couples, white couples with young children, throwing their fist up, throwing a thumbs up. And it's like, I think I'm not very emotional, I'll be completely honest. That was actually the closest I was to crying during one of this. And I think back to your question, having a world where people don't see color and not necessarily in a color blindness, but more of like, no matter of what you look like, race isn't the thing that's top of mind. I think it's the one thing, if anything, that people celebrate. The fact that someone's different from me or looks different from me, I don't, I would love to live in a world where we're celebrating our differences and learning from it versus just looking at someone and already feeling divided. And I honestly feel, I think just being at these protests and seeing how charged up this next generation is, is that I think we're getting to that place. I think there's a lot more work to be done, but I think we're making the necessary strides to get to that place. As an artist and a photographer, I want to continue to connect with people, tell their stories and amplify other black artists that are coming up. I think what's been an amazing experience out of all this is that I'm meeting with people that 
I necessarily wouldn't have connected with her. Portland is obviously small, but sometimes it feels divided, especially as someone that's from a new city. So just being able to connect with these black artists and meet them for the first time at a protest or a get together and like really talk about our stories and how we got to it. Like I want to keep doing that and I really want to continue to expand this reach. So one day I'm telling a story of someone that, like I said, it can reach in another city or I have big ambitions where if I'm in a new city, I, I want to be able to highlight people there. Yeah, a lot, a lot's going through my mind right now, but I'm, I'm kind of full force in what I want to do with this. You kind of just have to look at yourself as I'm more than a photographer. I'm a photojournalist who is documenting things. And with this platform and with this attention, what can I do to actually change things and change policies and change the way that the world operates? I think something that has been really top of mind is the upcoming election in November. There's a lot of people that just aren't aware or not engaged. Is there a way that we can use the medium of photography to amplify and just get people immersed in what's going on and more informed rather than just posting a picture and kind of having it be linear within the Instagram cycle? It's like, how can we make our content and our art a little bit more expansive that just goes beyond the simple post on Instagram? As an artist, I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to put your work out there. If you're doing it for the right reason, I think now is an amazing time to, especially as a Black artist, um, to really use your platform to educate and to spread awareness about this really important issue. Thinking a little bit long-term as an artist, it's just continue to work on your craft and I'm still working on it to this day. I mean, there are so many things that I aspire to do and people that I aspire to be, but you can't get to that point unless you make that first step as an artist and just work on your craft, get those reps in and just keep being as excited as I am and the many people that in the world are excited just to put their work out in the world. If you'd like to see Emery's photos, check out his Instagram at E-M-E Barnes. That's E-M-E-B-A-R-N-E-S. Future Prairie is sponsored by 89.9 All Classical Portland, a classical radio station serving the Pacific Northwest. Tune into their live programs, read their blogs covering the classical musical scene, and watch free online performances at allclassical.org. This episode was written and produced by me, Joni Whitworth and edited by Matt Larimer. If you have any questions or feedback about this show, please feel free to reach out at any time at futureprairie.com or on social media at futureprairie.com.